Two Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of Two Film Studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week we snorted various substances in an attempt to forget about the rigours of a totalitarian extraterrestrial government who are hunting down a reclusive but endearingly charming cowboy in the Wild West. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Now, last episode we released the Art House... Uh, Latin translated from Italian film, uh, La, Sidic- uh, La Sidicima Capella. Which is the, the 16th chapter. I'm, I'm glad you said the title in Italian this week because <laughs> I did not remember, which I think you kind of also partially forgot exactly yeah, yeah, how I to did. say uh, 16. Yep. Um, the success or failure of this film is a really difficult metric to measure. Mm. And that's mainly because it did not earn us any money any at money all, at all. No. N- not 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 a, a red cent but it was the darling of the critics yep it went through it we have so many laurel leaves and uh, that like you you know you could build a, a straw house <laughs> for a small piglet but uh just just n- no money coming in yeah and i thought you know we're gonna make this pretentious film this you know uh award-winning film everyone's gonna love it everyone's gonna say that the performances are you know once in a lifetime yep. you have to go see it yep. uh it'll move you to tears yep but the one thing that moved me to tears was the fact that our bank balance <laughs> didn't shift one iota <laughs> and i'm like you know this is a labor of love to put these films together yep. and i realized very very early on is what i love is money <laughs> <laughs> and and i'm just not into this art housey stuff at all no, no, don't worry about this don't worry about this there is a silver lining to this whole uh sorry tale and i'll tell you what it is uh you know the film blade runner i do right now when blade runner came out in 1980 whatever it was no one liked it no one saw it critical and commercial flop cut to 2018 there's a there's been uh, maybe seven different versions of that film cut. It is one of the most highly regarded films of all time. Part of the syllabus in high school when I went through it yeah, as well yeah, it was too. a mandatory text. So it came back. It came back around and became this like thing that was like you have to go and see it. And that's exactly what's going to happen to our film. To that end. I've actually prepared in advance the 10-year anniversary re-release, the 20-year anniversary <laughs> re-release, and the 50-year anniversary re-release. Because the problem with those re-releases in general is that like all the stuff that they want for those DVD releases and the Blu-ray releases go missing. Right. But the thing is, I've done it now. I've right. got all the stuff that now here. That is very, very smart. I've remastered the film in 24K because I'm assuming by like 50 years' time, 4K will just be like dial-up internet uh, to the eyes of the viewers back then. So the film's already done. It's ready to go. So when it reaches critical mass, when it becomes this film that you need to see, we're ready. And we're ready to capitalise. So it's going to be a bit of a long burn in terms of the financial uh, recruitment of our costs. But man, when it comes back around, it's coming back hard. This is the cleanest cutting room floor you've ever seen because AJ's just there picking up (laughs) every every single scrap. Every scrap. Everything has been like beautifully digitized as well in 24k uh every single possible mine like minutia of it i've even done the uh notable director interviews right i've had to like predict who are going to be the notable directors 50 years from now right. but i mean i've done it i've done it they're, they're ready to go so we've got the anniversary do we also have director's cuts oh, of course yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely re-releases director's cuts final director's cuts extended uh, the dvd or blu-ray or whatever yep, versions yep, they happen yep, to be exactly uh producer cuts as well okay. because um, the original producer cuts are always like great to see and of course original theatrical will be there 
uh, so as the, well. Is the original theatrical one then, are we saying this is the one where the producers meddled with it and didn't make it as good no, as it could possibly be? No, what we're going to do is every any every anniversary of this film coming out will be the new ultimate version oh, of it right. until we get to the 50-year one, which is like the ultimate, ultimate, ultra, final, this is it, nothing else is happening, a la Blade Runner, right. which had... As I think, like seven different versions, and at least three of them were director's cuts. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's what's going to happen. But they're like all prepared. It. They're all prepared. They're all ready they're to go. In the vaults. No, no work needed to be done. We just like when, uh, when they're like clamoring for the film to be re-released, we'll be there. Yeah, exactly. Well done. Good, good forethinking. I like that. Yep. I'll, I'll still, still sit here, watch the bank account, <laughs> and the moment it starts ticking over again, I'll be happy. But right. just. Well, it's, I'll have to wait 10 years, apparently. <laughs> you, you will, at the very least. Uh, all right, on to this week in trailers. And first trailer for you today is Captive State, uh, directed by Rupert Wyatt uh, and starring John Goodman, Vera Famiglioso, Famiriga, and other actors. Uh, and looks to be a bit of a dystopian science fiction, possible alien invasion film. It's not terribly clear. It's a whole bunch of shots. It's like, in the future, there is no crime. And then you see like the military rounding up all the criminals. In yep. the future, there is no poverty. And there's a whole bunch of people who live in um, you know, luxury. And then yep. there's still an underbelly that no one sees. In the future, there is no unhappiness. And you see them all sort of taking drugs. And it's like, yep. let's all praise our overlords. <laughs> and then you kind of get a sense of an alien spaceship flying over the top. Yeah, over the top of a, of a stadium. And that's it. That's that's the that's trailer. It. That's the whole trailer. It's a it's a supercut of this sort of weird dystopian. What yep. if the future was like this? And then at one one point, you see what could possibly be the top of John Goodman's face yep. covered by a gas mask. <laughs> and I'm like, could that possibly have been John Goodman? Our researchers, <laughs> yes, it was. It was. Yep. But his role in the film, we have absolutely no idea. Unclear. He looks like he could be some kind of important. So maybe military brass. I don't Possibly. know. It looked like he was wearing some kind of coat that military yeah. people wear. Uh, Rupert Wyatt, though, the director, has sort of got pedigree in this uh, world of dystopia. He directed Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was... Is it the sequel to the One reboot? Of the, hang on. The, there's Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Rise, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Battle, War for the Planet of the Apes. Then, is that the order? I think there's Battle for the Rise of the Dawn of the yeah. Planet of the... I think, actually think if he did the one where... Uh, it was all the monkeys fighting one another um, with, <laughs> with with Jason Clark in it. Right. That was actually a pretty good one. All right, no. The Rise of the Planet of the Apes was the original reboot, the one that starred James Franco and oh, John Lithgow. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and sort of Caesar was the ape's name, I think, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, and that was a sort of uh, the origin story of the original intelligent ape. Yeah, that was sort of more human-centric with the science lab. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it gets into forest warfare between monkeys. Yeah, that's right, and then it takes a really weird turn after that anyway uh so yeah captive state the, i was gonna say the alien ship design in this kind of just looks like a lumpy rock it's sort of very it could be a meteorite it could like, be a meteorite, it's yeah. just like it's super slowed down for for no apparent reason just sort of like <laughs> i'm falling very slowly <laughs> um who know i really don't know what this film's about at all but it's kind of weird and dystopian and sci-fi so yeah. it can't be all bad kind of looks cool uh see that next year in march okay next film for you on this week's episode is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is a new film from Joel and Ethan Cohen. And um, I think Netflix original as well. Yes, indeed. Their first film direct to Netflix. Uh, why is that? Uh, is it just because Netflix paid them a lot of money? It or? would have had to have been a, a butt ton of money. It's probably the first like big directors to go on Netflix that their last film wasn't a massive yeah, financial right, yeah. flop. So the last film was uh, Hail Caesar, was it? 
I would imagine so, probably. Which was great. I enjoyed the heck out of it, and I'm pretty sure it did relative. Like, maybe it didn't actually. <laughs> maybe they are joining the Netflix <laughs> <knows>? graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this looks like it's returning to um, the the Wild West. Uh, so they of uh, True Grit frame a fame as well. Uh, but this is going for more of the screwball slightly comedic approach that their earlier films tended to have. Yeah. And I guess Hail Caesar as well was pretty screwball. Um, starring James Franco, who seems to be uh, sort of a criminal who gets constantly caught and doesn't seem to die when they hang him. I sort yeah. of got the sense that, like... They, they, they had, oh, like, four people up on the gallows and yeah. um, one of them starts crying and James Franco turns to him and says, first time here, eh? And I'm just like, oh, that's kind of, you know, he's kind of that... I'm, I get into trouble all the time that I'm just so cool about it. Yep. I'm not sure if there's any of that. Any, uh, like, who was the guy who was playing Busker, Busker Skaggs? Busker Scruggs. Scruggs. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson, who was also in um, the uh, oh, that film that's a retelling of uh, Homer's Odyssey. Um, oh, oh, Brother, where are they? Oh, Brother, where, oh, that's yes, where I recognize him the, from. Yes, he's one of the... Uh, yeah, so he, he's like this, you know, as opposed to all the other cowboys who wear these gritty tan and brown colors he's coming through and he's wearing white yeah and he's just like uh everyone sort of he rubs everyone the wrong way and then he turns out he's an incredible gunsman yes um and was liam neeson in this one as well uh yeah why not yes he was sure and um, brendan gleeson liam neeson brendan gleeson and, and tim blake nelson tim blake nelson um uh yeah so i mean i saw liam neeson and i'm just like is this a million ways to die in the west like it kind of feels as though Could it's a, a comedy set in the west which has liam neeson and uh hopefully it'll be a million times better than a yeah. million ways to die in the west because that, that was a bad film i think uh what this film is actually going for is like little vignettes with different stories across uh the, the wild west landscape with a whole bunch of different characters in it so anyway it looks like the kind of like beautifully immaculately shot and beautifully scripted films that the Coens are sort of well known for so whether or not the great Netflix experiment works out for them remains to be seen so this one kind of annoyed me in that it had these reviews like best screenplay at yep. the I'm like if this is supposed to be going to Netflix, surely everyone should be able to watch it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I know. What's with you taking this film and screening to everyone else? I've paid my Netflix subscription. I, I should be able to tell you whether I thought it was the best scripted an- film that uh, came out it's this annoying year. annoying that critics get the chance to watch these films before us producers get a chance to rip them off. It's really annoying. It is very frustrating. They should really give us, like, the first right of viewing so that we can, like, well will say that's like, oh, we don't want to copy you, so we'll just check out and see what you're doing and make sure that none of the films that we have in production are similar to that. But really, it's just to steal the ideas. Yeah. just want to take it before the trailer comes out. Yeah. Uh, that would be, I mean, how great would that be? If you preempt trailers with our own trailer. Yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's that's the ultimate dream. Like, the problem with here, we have to wait for the trailers to come out before we release our films. I think, I mean, ultimately, the ultimate goal is to incept our way into the dreams of the people <laughs> who are writing the screenplays yep. so we can take the ideas before they've even had them. Exactly. But until that technology exists, then beating people to yep. tra- the trailer market would be great. Maybe the 50-year anniversary of, our, of last week's film will be the... <laughs> All right, on to the final trailer for this week's episode, which is The Beach Bum, directed by Harmony Corrin, Corinne, whatever, and starring Matthew McConaughey, Zac Efron, and other actors. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. Snoop Dogg. Jonah Hill, yep, Martin Lawrence, and so on and so forth. Um, Harmony Corrin directed and wrote Spring, Break- uh, Spring Breakers, rather, um, a sort of film a couple of years back with James Franco playing um, sort of, a, I guess, a 
wannabe hardcore drug dealer and uh, dealing with the sort of spring break culture in Florida. Yeah, so it had the very attractive Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens. They wore bikinis for most of the films and committed crimes that uh, young attractive girls probably wouldn't normally commit. And that was the premise of the film. Yep. It's beach culture with drugs and crime, which yep. is exactly what which this is. is. Exactly what this is. It and is Matthew of... McConaughey wearing a, a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt, right. and even Jimmy Buffett's in this. So anyone who is associated with smoking lots of weed, Snoop Dogg, <laughs> um, and, and and beach culture seems to get a cameo as they drive around yep. in yachts in yep. what looks like Miami. Maybe this is the kind of trailer that has no real story attached to it. It's just like, look at this guy. He's kind of wacky, isn't he? They'll he'll get up to many adventures because he's drug fueled and zany and that's it's really it selling an aesthetic rather than a story yeah uh, and i suppose uh, I'm, the film is probably just about that character and how someone who p- is part of this culture interacts with the world and yep. the kind of weird and wacky things that they get up to yep so uh, it also kind of feels a little bit like a teaser trailer as well in that i mean this yeah. is the first trailer they tend to not give away too much of those trailers not to put the and the, unless like they normally the teaser trailers if they feel as though the film is good they'll definitely not try and give anything away. Yep. If they feel like it's bad, they're like, here are all the best bits of the film in our teaser trailer. Please, please get yep. interested in yep. it. We really need you to. Uh, and you can see that next year in March as well. March seems to March. be the, the time for films. I guess we'll have to front load our release schedule. Yeah, exactly. Then. I mean, we'd be going for award season, right? In February. The best films out before then. Yeah. If they're releasing these ones in March, they obviously know that they're not going to win awards, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Because the Academy forgets. It does. Yeah, it's they got only, such a short memory. They only care about films that come up, like come out the previous month of the awards yeah. and that's it. Because then it's just less, less work, really. All right. Those are the trailers for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Right, let's have a quick recap of this week's trailers. We have a dystopian future sci-fi alien overlord film. Great. We have a screwball western action comedy. Love it. And we have a stylistic beach drug crime film. Mm. <laughs> Great. Uh, I believe it's my turn this week it to is. choose. Uh, to be honest, they all sound great. Um, they, they they condense really nicely condense down in little really packages. Well, there's no yeah. there's no split. I mean, you know, action comedy screwball, but like it fits so well within that that there's yeah. no oh it kind of has a little bit of sci-fi and it can't no it's it is that those are the three defining keyword hashtags. Yep, yep. Uh, you know what? I think we need to follow in the footsteps of some very esteemed directors, and I think we're going to have to go for the Ballad of Buster Scruggs this week. Uh, Go for high class. The kind of, like, humour that wins awards instead of uh, disgusts and um, (laughs) irritates the Academy. I Uh, think this is probably definitely the one film that people will talk about in five years time oh for sure most films we just want to put out we want to grab some money and we yep. want to run yep and if they don't remember that you know we put out a film called i'll tell you the tale of the <laughs> round ta- table gang it doesn't money because the money's in the bank account that's all that <laughs> matters. you said it doesn't money it doesn't money <laughs> money's on the mind i got my mind on my money and my money in my bank account um uh, yeah so it doesn't money at all <laughs> uh because you know we, we have it and uh, but, that's it, that's uh, right. this, this is the kind that's of film where people just like they're talking about Oh Brother, We're Out There. They're talking yeah. about the, you know, possibly in, in 20 years' time, it is on the syllabus for the possibly. The, the next sort of higher school syllabus. Maybe that's what we should go for. We should go for a film that will make it onto a high school syllabus at some point. It uh, doesn't matter for which subject. It just needs to make it 
on there. At the very least, some impressionable like seventeen year old kid yeah, is going to yeah, yeah. write an essay about it because yes. they think that it it speaks to them yeah, yeah. in a way that other films don't. It has a deeper like, meaning. I remember. So I'm I'm looking back now at the films that I had to watch uh, in high school. So I had uh, Dead Poet Society adaptation. Uh, we had uh, Blade Runner as well. Um, what else did we watch? Uh, we had, I think Philadelphia was one of them as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. So those are the kind of films that we're looking at. I mean, we could do just an insane blend. I, I think, I really think that the, the screwball sharp witted, but with def- it definitely has a message. Yeah. It has a message about oh, yeah, life, yeah, yeah. A, a grander scheme sort of thing going yep. on there, but told in a, in a way where the levity of the of the film really sort of okay. masks the fact of how serious it is. Perfect. All right. So, I think the the thing that always tends to happen with these screwball comedies, particularly with the Cohen ones, is they always have a very distinct setting. So we've got this film in the Wild West. We've got uh, the film that they did, which was where they're sort of part of a big financial company. I've forgotten the name of it now, but it's actually quite a good film. Burn After Reading? No, 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 no. no. This was like a, the Big a- Lebowski. <laughs> no uh no this was a film sort of earlier in the miller's career. crossing no it's uh like it's it's got like a name like the frabtabulous contraption of true grit <laughs> oh just... brother we're out there <laughs> you're getting closer no country for old men no you won't even know it fargo that was it that's no, not it <laughs> i was about to say yeah well that's probably the only cohen brothers film that i've missed raising so far. arizona you missed as I, well i did yeah uh and you've also missed the most important one of them all that no one has seen except me apparently the hudsucker proxy hudsucker proxy uh which is great which was all about like big business and finance and like a company that invented something that no one knew what it was but somehow made money anyway all right um we we can't we've got to steer clear of wall street we were there quite recently we were yep um, uh, obviously can't do the Wild West because we've been there. Can't do beach stuff either because that seems to be like a market cornered by Harmony, Corinne. Um, what else what is about, I'm, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but what about like in uh, Cape Kennedy in the Space Center during Spe- during Ooh. the 60s Ooh. as they're trying to like invent rockets? Yeah. But it's just the guys... The guys in the like the boffins in their rooms yep. coming up with the diagrams yep. and the ideas. This is great. This this I'm getting shades of like Doctor Strangelove here as well in the sort of war room, sixties yeah. aesthetic. So yeah. you, you have people who are sort of full of their own importance. Yep. But when they start taking things like not taking things seriously, like when they're talking about what if a meteorite goes through and they're just like, you know, coming up with the ideas, but they're also kind of like throwing those yellow 2B pencils at one another yep, and just sort yep. of like, these are the idiots that are responsible right. for the, the greatest accomplishment of mankind. <laughs> well, what if it was a competing company then? So instead of it being about NASA, it's maybe like a couple of blocks down the road, there's like an alternative company who are trying to do the exact same thing that NASA is doing, only they're trying to do it much cheaper. Maybe. I, I kind of like the idea, like, the Coen brothers tend to set their things in reality. Like, you yep. have this sense of, and everyone knows that um, NASA did this. I suppose it's kind of a little bit like hidden figures. It's the True, yeah. It's the hidden <laughs> story behind NASA <laughs> that, other, that people don't know. figures. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe there is a company that, but we're focusing on the NASA guys. Yeah, yeah. And at a certain point, NASA has to go, well, actually, this competing guy's <laughs> down. Like, like, we're going to have to bring them in to solve yeah, these yeah, things because yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't actually know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, great. So, um... 
So we're talking about like these are the guys actually in charge of big important missions, or are they like a side no, project? No, they're they're definitely the guys who are just like there is a problem where if space debris hits this thing, everyone in there is screwed. Yeah. How do you solve it? Yeah. And it's just these guys just like coming up with okay. like, like they're actually intelligent guys who are actually coming up with real solutions yeah. to the problem. But they're also kind of like socially awkward idiots who just like, like, I don't trust you this to be in your hands at all. So are they, are they, can we make it so that they're all kind of like against each other as well? So yeah. like ideas are coming up, but they don't really trust each other to sort of go through with them. And should some of the ideas be just completely ridiculous as well? Like, yeah. What about a giant umbrella that pops out? Yeah, possibly. Like, it's like, why don't, why don't we make the outside of it like a, a bouncy castle? Yeah. So it just bounces off. It's like... What if we made the outside of it like 20 centimetres thick, if not more? Yeah, exactly. So it's, I mean, it's sort of spitballing. And I'm sure there's like these historical events, like you can find these books like Hidden Figures or uh, even like you, there's a, there was a show recently called The Bletchley Circle, which was about the 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 women code breakers who were inside um, Bletchley Park. Yeah. During, like there's these, all these stories about the, the people you didn't realise were involved. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we can go to a bookstore and find the biography of some guy who was behind the scenes at NASA inventing these sorts of things. Well, I have an idea. You know how, I guess, um, general knowledge dictates that NASA was actually responsible for a lot of technologies that we use. Yeah, like Velcro. Day-to-day and, Velcro, oh, aluminium foil. Actually, um, they didn't invent Velcro. They just found a use for it. That yeah. It was, anyway. Anyway, sure. it doesn't matter. So what if these guys are responsible for like that particular program, but then part of what they're doing... Well, part of the end result is that they come up with this product that, like, Ooh, everyone just uses at that point forward. But it was, like, kind of an accidental discovery. I think, I think they're possibly responsible for also remonetizing NASA. Yes. In a way where NASA spends billions of dollars on this technology. Yep. And these are the guys that are going, now that we're not using it with NASA, how do we market it to the general public? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And something they could okay, possibly yeah, yeah. use. So maybe, okay, so maybe that's their, like, maybe that's their job at NASA. Maybe their job at NASA is to, like, the mission's done. We've got all this new technology. You guys now have to figure out how we can actually recoup our costs and like market this stuff or components of this yeah. stuff to like the world so that we can actually make some money off it. So they're kind of screwball inventor marketing guys. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And that they're like, oh, well, you know, we kind of invented some of this stuff, but we're not really marketing guys, but to keep our jobs, we have to exactly, turn yes. into sales, pi- sales yeah, yeah. pitch guys who and- can sell this stupid technology yeah they've got to live up to like the um popularity of velcro and aluminium foil and they've got to create something new and widespread and amazing that everyone will use based on stuff that (laughs) they developed i like it for the moon missions not not that we're casting yet but there's a perfect jk simmons is one of these guys oh for sure he definitely is um and I really, I just like that 60s aesthetic. Yep. The, you know, it's kind of a little bit washed out. It's kind of a little bit amber. They're yep. wearing light blue suits. Yep. Um, they have weird stylized mustaches. Big all, glasses. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Soderbergh did the informant, but there's, there's yes. elements of the informant in the yep. here as well, Absolutely. I think. All right, great. So <laughs> we've got J.K. Simmons playing yep. one of them. There's there's definitely three of them, I think. There's got to be a three. I'm getting a three stooges kind of a feel. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a scissors, paper, rock style. One beats the other, but doesn't beat the other, and so on and so forth. Uh, so we've got uh, J.K. Simmons playing, we'll call him the rock. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I, I actually like, like rock, paper, and scissors. I'm thinking we cast someone from the world of popular music. Yep. Just in the sort of way where, you know, 
uh, your uh, Harry Styles shows up in yep. that Christopher Nolan World War Two one, whatever that was called, uh, 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 Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah. Um, and I'm just like, and they they can make a serious leap into acting. I'm not yep. sure. Is there any? It does t- require good director, though. It does. I mean, and we will uh, we'll only get the best. So you say popular music, and the problem here is I don't know any popular. Yeah, music. neither do I. And again, I think we've already we cast Ed Sheeran at one point as well because that's uh, the only person no, that I can on. think of. There was a trailer that we avoided talking about the other day uh, about the abominable snowman the yeti film the, yeah. the animated film and like halfway through the trailer it comes up with like the name of someone from wonder was it one direction or something and then like the name of the song that he's singing we would just cast that guy i'll i'll look it up now maybe maybe why don't we do harry styles harry Styles. he, he was he was kind of all right in dunkirk he from, was he was pretty good um so this this could be like a bit more screen time for him a bit more serious yep. acting chops we're probably gonna have to like he's tattooed everywhere right so he's like uh, like, like we're gonna have to have I mean, s- maybe, some reason for him maybe he's broken both of his arms in an accident <laughs> or we can just put big big casts on either what, side of his on, arms what did they do for dunkirk did he get all his tattoos after dunkirk was it like the big i oh, know maybe they cg'd them out we don't have budget for cg in this one okay uh this is gonna be one of those low budget screwball comedies isn't it yeah i think yeah, so yeah. i mean okay. it's still nicely made but it's definitely not you know big flying spaceships yeah and, yeah um, you know, big action sequences. Yep. It's it's you know it's actually shot on film. Cohen Brothers style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, great. Now we just need. I guess we need a third one. Um, we should cast a a female. I don't want to do a whole like male 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 thing. It could be. Yep. Um, who? Oh, I mean, I immediately thought of Isla Isla Fisher, but uh, yeah, she's been done. Uh, what about? I mean, what about Vanessa Hudgens? It could be. Oh, when you said Isla Fisher, I immediately went to Amy Adams. Because, oh, yeah. like, in, in my mind, like, they could just swap between roles. <laughs> uh, one of them, they're both attractive uh, uh, redheads. Um, I think one of them is probably a bit more serious about acting and the other I, one I think does a little bit more comedy. But One like, does ING commercials and the other one does films, you know. One does <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen and the other. Uh, no, and the other one has an Academy Award on her shelf, so. Yes. Uh, um, I think Amy Adams would be Amy really Adams good. would be quite good. So yeah. you have J.K. Simmons, Amy Adams, and Harry Styles yep. as the the the, the sort of um, the trio, the the think tank who came up with these inventions and now to keep their jobs yep. and keep relevance within the organization has to market yes. essentially what were space inventions to the general public. <laughs> exactly. I think we need a we need a okay. I know what the invention is as well. The moon hopper. So the moon hopper is just like a giant inflatable ball with handles on it. But I mean, would they have ever used that? Yes, in, as astronaut the, training on the moon. Astronaut astronaut training to like uh, simulate low gravity and a low gravity bouncy environment. I reckon we go with three inventions. Three. So, okay. so so like maybe Harry Styles is just like this is the one that I want to do. Yep. And I, I would say J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons came up with an incredibly fine mesh yep. that as asteroids came and hit the spacecraft, it yep. hits the fine mesh and breaks up into tiny little okay. rocks. Yep. And he was just like, and now he's just like, well, I'm going to take this fine mesh and use it in the everyday life. It's like, yep. how do I do it? How do I, is it, do I do it in screen doors? And you see <laughs> birds fly into the mesh and just get like diced. It's like, what about like protective windscreen? Like, he's just like, I don't know how to market my, my invention, which was fantastic for saving the lives of astronauts. Yep, yep, yep. But now I have to be able to market it to the general right. public and I just don't know how to do it. Okay, so to reuse my Moonhopper idea, what uh, Harry Styles invented was a giant inflatable like uh, bouncy cushioning system that exactly, like, inflated yeah. it and, and like enveloped the spacecraft 
so that if anything came at it, it would just bounce straight off. And I mean, I suppose uh, history will say that the, that sort of moon hopper toy is yeah. actually quite popular with kids. Exactly. Um, and what's what's uh, Amy Adams? Amy Adams. Uh, okay. Well, let's 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 um, brainstorm here. How else could you protect? I mentioned earlier the giant umbrella approach. Yeah. Uh, which would just sort of come out of the cone of the rocket and sort of just open up and kind of protect the whole thing. There, I mean, there, there is a thing that they do where there's ceramic tiles all yep. over the tops of the spacecraft yep. that absorb the heat, and when they are at a certain temperature, they peel off. Yep. So maybe she's just left with this giant mountain <laughs> of ceramic tiles that are incredibly <laughs> like heat absorbent yep. um, and also disintegrate when they get so hot because you want to dissipate the heat. <laughs> and she's just like, how the hell do I market this to, to the general population? I have That's no idea. That's a good idea. one because it has no it other really usage. Does, like, <laughs> unless it's like at superheated planet atmosphere re-entering temperatures, <laughs> they're just very ugly beige looking tiles. <laughs> <laughs> all right I like, and i also like that there's a specific spe- like a specific threshold as well where if you go slightly over that threshold they just disintegrate as well yeah exactly so, like you buy these tiles for heat management but if you're not like carefully watching how much heat is being applied and they just disintegrate yeah okay so we've got the three kind of like actual usage or use uses of these uh, original inventions uh, we've got one which gets turned into the yeah. space hopper, I guess. Uh, what happens to the other two? I think, I mean, I think the other two are just failed. Like, they just failed, Like, okay. literally in a way where they try their hardest yep. and they kind of ridicule Harry Styles for... Yep. Um, so maybe for, he's like the, the dumbest of the group, He is right? the dumbest yeah. of the group, but it, his, it's na- his naivete that yep. sort of just goes, here's this thing that we can yep. now market two kids as a toy and like yeah. no we spent like just coming up with a rubber that was of a, the right vulcanization <laughs> to to be cu- yeah. cushioning enough in zero gravity this has been to the moon yep. and back yep. it has protected people's lives you can't just have kids <laughs> sit on it and bounce around yeah i love the idea that like while jk simmons and amy adams are like busily prepared like like running their hands over their like respective inventions in the lab Harry Styles just like bounces in on it and goes like, "Hey guys, look what I invented!" Exactly, and they're just like, "What? What the hell is?" And so, this? so that becomes then that we 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 transition into this sort of story of them going around and then marketing this this toy. <laughs> um, and then I mean, there's, there's got to be a rise and a fall. There's got to be oh, like sure. ebbs yeah, and yeah. flows yep. of of their success and failure within sort of both the organization of NASA and their own business of launching the product and, you know, going back and trying to go, well, also if you buy these space hoppers, we'll throw in these ceramic tiles and mesh. Well, it's I like, think, why do you need the ceramic tiles and mesh? I think what needs to happen is both the other characters need to like launch their products first. Yeah. And then both of them are followed by like uh, horrific deaths um, through misusage of their respective uh, products, right. um, massive recalls. <laughs> it's like a shameful day for NASA when the recall of the ceramic tiles goes in because people are using them in pizza ovens and they're melting and disintegrating into yeah, the pizzas. Who, who would have known that the, the, the dust it produces is like... Um, <laughs> it's, it's poisonous. <laughs> Somewhat poisonous. Maybe maybe it's like a, 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 like a, a sleeping powder. So you just yeah, have all yeah. these people who are just like, cook this stuff in the ovens. They eat the pizza and they go to drive somewhere and they just like <laughs> fall asleep and then just and we like, can have like, like classic footage of a car driving off a cliff as well because that's also never like, not funny yeah and it's 60s style sort of those yeah. big sort of 60s style cars a huge explosion at the end as well <laughs> I like that I, yeah. it always kind of feels as though then well are they only going to market these um, <laughs> these things as tablets in the same sort of yep. accidental way that Absolutely. Viagra has that sort of side effect of <laughs> Probably. going yeah. it could be a thing like later on in the future they suddenly rediscover this tile and discover that it has amazing properties for um 
sleep for sleeping. Exactly. It's a, it's a, a sleep problem, day. yeah. And then maybe like J.K. Simmons as well with his mesh. Initially, he's like, we're going to make screen doors out of them. Uh, and the problem is like, they're so transparent, but so fine that birds are going through. Are flying through them. Flying through and them. just like disintegrating. They are so spray strong. They, of blood and guts. And feathers. And just <laughs> They've just been cubed as they yeah. go through. Maybe that's what he does. Yeah. Maybe he, it, it becomes like a, a cheese cubing device. That's right, but only in the future. Only like, in the future. Only way into the future. Way in the future, he figured out a way. It's like, this actually slices through vegetables, yeah. kind of like a mandolin sort of yeah, like. That's right. Um, yeah, and, up, and you see him on like the, the uh, infomercial exactly style. yes as seen on TV exactly the product that can slice through anything uh, you know you'll get it to slice through a shoe and then you'll yeah. <laughs> the next bit will be like slicing through a tomato as well exactly doesn't matter it, what it, it is it, it'll go through anything yeah <laughs> uh, and then it'll have like as developed by NASA on the bottom. Exactly. As well. Okay, that's great. But like in the context of the film, uh, in the period of time that we sort of have it in, that can be like a post-credit sequence where yeah. it's like yeah. flash forward way into the future, exactly, and both yeah. of them are also enjoying success while the space hopper is condemned to the annals of toy history. Yeah, I have not seen a space hopper since the mid nineties. I don't know where the idea came from, but anyway, uh, yeah. So in the context of our film, the space hopper obviously wins because like kids love it, and it becomes a like a craze for a short time as well. Yeah, even adults. Are I- I actually like that idea that the idea that it becomes a craze and they're on the top of the world and then just like the public is so fickle yep. that you know it's you know 1972 that we were on the moon just three short years ago yep. and suddenly that no one cares about space anymore yeah. the space hopper is popular for six months and it's just like and it's like the, the overarching lesson yep. the one that the people will come back to is just how fickle society is yep. and how it's you know you can catch the wave but like all waves there are peaks and troughs and crests exactly. and rises and falls <laughs> and i know how to end the film on a like uh, message note as well so while we see i think the the last sort of sequence of the film is sort of like we're a couple of years uh, past the point of the space hoppers uh entry into the market and there's just like across the street in garages everywhere they're just deflated space yeah. hoppers everyone's moved on to the next big thing which is pogo sticks I assume yeah uh, <laughs> much more stick action than you'd get out of a yeah. space hopper but um, the message is that NASA has been able to fund the next Apollo mission right. which is Apollo 13 oh <laughs> interesting <laughs> and they need these inventive people to come back that's in that's right exactly and they, they find meaning again and that's the heartfelt wonderful me ending to the film never mind that they're you know, working on a doomed mission <laughs> to the moon. I mean, First Man is a, a trailer that's out at the moment, and we it's have Apollo 13, out, yeah. so chronologically mm. and sort of stylistically, it sits it perfectly between it these two films. absolutely works. <laughs> and then, yeah, post-credit sequence, uh, J.K. Simmons in the future with yeah. his new, like, amazing mesh slicing system. And, and uh, Amy, Amy Adam Adams. Working for Big Pharma. <laughs> exactly. Alright, uh, I think we only need one thing for this film. That is the name and that is for the it. name. Um, what are we going to call it? Um, it's interesting. I It has to have some sort of space element. Yep. I, I, the few words that I sort of like spitballing yep. or drawing boards. You said yep. like as seen on TV yep. or as made by NASA. Yep. Um, these are sort of like the concepts that I kind of think need to come through with a film title like i like the idea i like spitballing and drawing board if we can make those spacey in some way that would be probably ideal particularly spitballing i think you're thinking of space balls <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're getting very space elements no, 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 i know i want it to be space elemental so maybe we take that and space it up so could i also have the sort of like rocket connotations yep. as well yep i like that 
um, like maybe afterburners. Yes. Because it's kind of like what happens yes. to them after they've burned brightly. Yeah, yeah. What's their career afterwards? It's got the, the yeah, elements yeah. of NASA's space rockety. The afterburners. Of, the afterburners. So maybe this is the name of that group. They call themselves the afterburners because, yeah, after the mission is done, they have to figure out how to burn all this equipment that they've <laughs> accrued. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. The afterburners. Brilliant. All right. I think uh, I think that's a wrap. I think you're right. All right. Housekeeping, as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios and other information. And of course, Mephuzawudadur, our database of films that we've created on this podcast. Search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community where we post clues as to the trailers that we've watched in upcoming episodes. Yeah, good luck with the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I, I did an all Google Translate one <laughs> last <did>. week. <laughs> and a lot more participation because people can punch that in there. Indeed. I think Beach Bum will be easy enough to do with uh, with yeah. emojis and Captive, captive state. state. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Do it in alien language or something. Uh, we are on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, uh, and any other place that you get podcasts from. Two bits of further housekeeping for you both isaac and i will be performing in the rat king fairy tale a completely improvised show playing as part of the sydney fringe festival on september 22nd and 23rd uh so go search the sydney fringe festival website for tickets type in rat king or fairy tale it should come up and that's in uh, Marrickville at the Factory Theatre. Indeed. Uh, and the second bit is we're actually approaching one year. One year. On this podcast, uh, which also equals the amount of people listening at the moment. <laughs> that's but- right. Uh, uh, so this would be episode 51. Next week, 52. Yes. There are, in case you were following along at home, 52 uh, weeks in a year. Yes. Uh, and we've definitely not missed a week at all. Absolutely In not. the last 12 months. Uh, we're going to do a thing where we are um, asking you to post on the Facebook group your favourite movie or the trailer of your favourite movie. Yep. So if you can go to YouTube, copy the link for the trailer of your favourite movie and put it in there. Yep. Uh, we're going to do something special with all of those trailers. Hope- yep. Hopefully we'll have more than two. <laughs> more than two is enough. More than two. We do three most weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if, if you can do that, uh, if you want to uh, yeah, just... Uh, just c- Link that into the, the Facebook yep. group um, uh, with your name and we'll uh, give yep. you a shout out when we go through it. Yep. One year spectacular. Indeed. And as per usual with this show, we will only watch those trailers just before we record. So obviously nothing in this show is pre-planned, obviously. Um, and we will continue doing that for the 52nd episode as well. So yeah. uh, we're not going to... To infinity and beyond, as Indeed. they say. Indeed. Although 52 is not really as high as infinity. To 52 and beyond? Yeah. doesn't really have the same ring to it. I mean, it. it's... Yeah, but it's enough to get us out of copyright infringement. That's <laughs> so true. let's go with that. And I think that's it. All that remains is to thank you again for listening this week. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Watch me,